0: Welcome to the only actionable podcast to help you unfuck your marketing and run a business that gives a shit. I'm your host, Shabon, and this is Marketing Unfuck. Today, we dissect the seven principles of corporate digital responsibility with Tim Frick. Let's do this. Thank you, Tim, for being here. How do we unfuck marketing? I do love that question, and,
1: and I appreciate you sending it to me in advance because I gave it a lot of thought. And, you know, there are so many ways because marketing is pretty fucked. So, you know, to, to pick just one was a, a, a real, Real kind of challenge for me, because I spend as a, as the owner of a digital agency, I spend a lot of my time thinking about how do we provide more ethical, responsible, sustainable solutions to our clients. And it really comes down to responsibility for me. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, organizations are responsible for the content that they put out, the stories that they tell, and every aspect of that, including its environmental footprint, including you know potential for misinformation and dis- disinformation. So really grounding everything you do in marketing and strong ethics and responsibility is, to me, the kind of core of, of, of everything that we need to do.
0: And how can we do that? Do we have guiding principles? Do we have somewhere to look this up? Or what are your suggestions on how we can address this?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, it comes in In many forms, some of my fellow, so Mighty Bytes, my digital agency, is a a certified B Corp. We're part of the global B Corp community. And so B Corps use a rigorous certification to align purpose and profit and make sure that their businesses are adhering to the highest possible standards of accountability, transparency, sustainability, et cetera. And so, you know, as part of that community, we're always thinking about, well, how can we apply, you know, more responsible practices to our own organizations, our own industries, Etc. And the B Corp community just recently launched a uh, an ethical marketing network, essentially, or a, a marketers network for globally as well as for the U.S. and Canada. And we just did an ethical marketing webinar uh, last week or the week before last. And you know you'll find that ethical marketing, digital responsibility. There's a number of different terms around here that are all really kind of talking about the same thing, and that's aligning your economic, social, and and environmental practices with the work that you do. And so just making sure that you have a set of principles to, to guide it. As a digital agency, I think Mighty Bytes is in a unique position to Look at everything through a digital lens because that's ultimately what we what we help our clients do. We we were started in 1998 with the mission of helping you know kind of values driven organizations like nonprofits and social enterprises use the internet to find success. And so to do that, you know, has changed over over the many years that we've been you know doing what we do. But ultimately, it's 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 digital transformation and it's it's being responsible in in that practice of, of digital transformation.
0: But how can we do that? Because, you know, like, okay, a B Corp is a long process. I know this, I'm going through it. And we can't expect everyone to have to go through that. Although I think that maybe going through the assessment is a helpful eye-opener for people. But what else can we do? Or how else can we try and instill these principles to marketers and marketing agencies or various companies in general? Because B Corp is just not as accessible.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the, the certification is rigorous. However, the assessment is free to use, and you don't have to become a B Corp to use it. I'm not 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 here to be the B Corp disciple, though. I am. You know, just really here to to, to say that it's it's a free tool that's available for any organization to kind of align the work that they do with ethical principles. That's not necessarily that we we use that as to as our certification and, and throughout the process. But there are other other components to it a, a, as well. Corporate digital responsibility is kind of where Mighty Bytes has kind of put its, you know, kind of its line in the sand. We've been researching, you know, this practice for a while now and working with other academics and, and, uh, and authors and such, um, mostly based over in Europe around a set of principles to help kind of guide organizations. I think that the key being, you know, the difference between marketing and, and, and maybe the rest of the organization is that marketers are there to tell the organization's story However, if the organization isn't actually doing the work and isn't actually, you know, living that story, then the marketer has really nothing to tell because if they tell that story and it finds out that, that you know, the, the people find out that there's, you know, stuff going on in the background that don't necessarily align with that story, you know, you're going to be accused of, you know, greenwashing, wokewashing, washing, whatever kind of washing it is, you're going to be accused of it. And, and you know, we live in a world where that information gets out really quickly and it does damage to your brand and it could be potentially undermine your, your actual, you know, financial solvency as well. So I think, you know, while marketers need to unfuck marketing, they also need to work with teams overall in operations and finance and leadership, et cetera, to make sure that the stories that they're telling are aligned with the things that the organization is doing, you know, and really making sure that, 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 you know, and, and the bigger the organization gets, the more complicated it gets.
0: Of course it does. And I mean, I do agree with you that we need to incorporate a lot more than just a marketing agency, but that they do get to tell that story. So it's important for them to know how to do it. But then if a marketer wants to bring up or a startup CEO wants to start considering how to align his business, what are some guiding principles And you mentioned CDR, um, but what are more specific principles that that they can follow or that they can start implementing?
1: Sure, sure. So the research that we did with the 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 folks I mentioned over in Europe and such really grounded the work in seven different principles of corporate digital responsibility principles. They're you know kind of similar to CSR in that they align with economic, environmental, and social governance. But the the principles themselves are specific to digital. And so the first one is purpose and trust, and that's putting you know digital existing at the heart of corporate responsibility. So that's used to protect. Re- reputation, trust in the organization and you know that incru- includes all stakeholders so customers employees you know other shareholders you know different stakeholders some of the actual ways that an organization can do this, is to publish some sort of code of ethics or a digital responsibility code. We have this, we have one on, on the Mighty Bytes website where we went and researched a bunch of different organizations and things that they did that we were, that were digital specific that were really aligned with who we were as a company and publishing that code of ethics out there. So, we have one on our website. It's, there's also templates out there as well. You know, understanding what your corporate purpose is and making sure that that's not only published, but also kind of sourced internally amongst your stakeholders. And then telling that story, obviously, as, as marketers uh, to your external stakeholders. And then implementing strong, responsible digital governance. I think this is especially true with, uh, you know, emerging technologies like AI and, and, and places where You know, we're not exactly sure yet exactly how it's going to change society. Think about Facebook. They probably didn't, you know, set out to undermine, you know, social democracy. (laughs) Yet that's what happened. Um, So, you know, figuring out what those governance practices and policies are in your organization so those unintended consequences don't, don't occur.
0: But isn't that like a huge project? I mean, you haven't even finished. Maybe you're going to talk about compliance, right? This is is only
1: one principle. I know. There's a lot. I think, (laughs) and I'm just giving examples of of things underneath the purpose and trust uh, principle that, that, you know, organizations could do. I I, I highly encourage an organization to chart their own course. You know, you have to figure out what what works for you as as an organization, just as we did at Mighty Bytes.
0: CDR is essentially just a guide, right? I mean, it's not, it's a guide, it offers some principles, it gives you a direction where to go with it, but it's not mandatory to, to be able, you don't have to align with it to do good.
1: No, no, it's, it's a set of guiding principles, but there are no, you know, I mean, the idea longer term would be that there would also be governing principles and laws that would help you put some of these things in place and, and support organizations who want to do better, more responsible and ethical work but that right now currently, you know, with the exception of maybe data privacy laws, which are kind of popping up everywhere, there's still a lot of work to do on on some of these areas.
0: But let's dig through that for a second, because we have this purpose and trust, which I, I, I like the idea behind all of this, but how does that help us in better marketing? Is it just help us align the story behind it, you know, for everyone? Or is it because, I'm sorry, we can all publish a code of ethics, that doesn't actually mean anything. And stakeholders can claim they have a purpose, so, what's the ultimate goal here, and how does that actually then help that company?
1: Right. well, and and I, I think, uh, you know that that harkens back to what I just said a couple of minutes ago in that any marketing department can do all the things that you just said. They can write out their statement of purpose, their brand value statement, they can p- publish a code of ethics or whatever. If the organization isn't actually doing those things, then then you're you're running afoul. and I think something's amiss there. Um, so it really, has to go beyond the marketing department to all of the organization's operations and that's a you know long term internal communications challenge which you know may or may not fall within a, a marketing department depending on whether the marketing department is part of a larger in- communications team or such such
0: um, but, how does but that i mean aid it is a
1: long term challenge though for sure
0: cuz it feels like you're doing a lot And then, you know, you know how people are. They need to get a reward. They need to feel like it's going to pay off. So how does that pay off for the company at whole? So let's forget about marketing. But what's going to make that CEO say, let's do this?
1: Yeah, I think... That probably the, the the research has been done. I'll use the B Corp community as an example. That you know organizations that are really more focused on purpose tend to have employees sticking around longer. Uh, they tend to be more productive. They ultimately tend to be if they're focused on the long term, they tend to be more financially solvent over time because they've learned to align all of these things and get all everybody rowing in the same direction around a common purpose and such. And so, you know, there's been a lot of research that that, that shows that, that, that these things, you know, kind of the idea of stakeholder governance pays off over the long term, and it doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, even for our small little agency, you know, which is only, you know, has been as large as 16, 17 people and as small as five, you know, we've still had internal struggles. People, when we, were, we first became a B Corp in 2011, and it took us several years to kind of catch our stride. Like many traditional companies, we were thinking about, oh, well, being a B Corp means corporate philanthropy. So that means that, you know, we're, we're going to donate to nonprofits and we're going to do, you know, kind of good works, but that lives over here and the business lives over here and there's no actual kind of coordination between the two of them, which means that you have to be in a, a really profitable business in order for that to actually work. And if you're focused on working with mission-driven organizations like mine is, that profit is can be a struggle with when you're working with you know nonprofits and charities and stuff like that. So you have to really figure out how to bridge those two things. And the one thing that I like about the most recent version of the B Impact Assessment, which is the tool that you know is free to use and and use certified B Corp,s is uh, they give you a lot of points for the what they call an impact business model. And so the impact business model is how do you you know, make money and also create change, positive social and environmental change at the same time. So for our digital agency, You know, we apply, you know, the CDR principles. We do digital accessibility for all of our projects for every website that we build. We want to make sure that it's useful for people with disabilities. You know, we apply sustainable web design principles so that we can reduce emissions and make things very efficient. You know, there's a number of things that we do. These are built into our business model, um, and so we're able to actually say, you know, this is how we do things, and 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 this is how you know. If you're going to engage with us as a potential customer, you should know that this is how we work.
0: Okay, so there is ultimately a reward at the end of things, and there, it's just a lot of work, but it does align the company as well internally as well as help in term in terms of how you're talking to your customer. So this seems to all kind of line up. This principle number one, trust and purpose. Uh, I quite I quite like this because I think it's an essential aspect of being a company to be aligned. What's the second principle? Uh, fair
1: and equitable access for all. And that's really, you know, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion needs to effectively engage different uh, stakeholders, customers, employees. And, and, you know, obviously we use digital technologies to do this uh, with either through marketing, social media, internal engagement, employee engagement tools, you know, I mean, really digital at this point is, well, Well, maybe 20 years ago, it was like a small little department that was part graphic design, part, part marketing. Now digital is pretty much ubiquitous within organizations. And so if you're building out your own digital products and services, making sure that those are, you know, accessible to people with disabilities, as I mentioned earlier, and just kind of promote these principles of inclusion and, and equi- equity, equity and, and responsibility responsible employment rights. But I mean, it comes down to the practice of justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and just making sure that everything that you provide is is fair and, and equitable and, and people can access the information.
0: Okay. So this is a, I, I dare say simple. It's actually not that simple to implement, but it is a simple one in terms of understanding it. So this is good. Let's go to number three. Let's see what that's about promoting societal
1: well-being and so from a digital perspective that's really about data personal privacy empowering people to engage to and in- develop skills there's a lot of digital illiteracy out there uh, still and so making sure that that you know there's there's the ability to promote social well-being you know in the digital space um and, and so that how is that know.
0: done I mean this one caught me a bit off guard the data privacy and everything okay but how would you do that?
1: Well, there's like, you know, digital well-being to me means, you know, unplugging and, you know, saying, okay, well, you know, social media has its purpose. It also has been known, especially given how sticky and that that, uh, the people who create a lot of these products are, uh, not the people aren't sticky, the products themselves are sticky, making them addictive. And, you know, people tend to, you know, there's lots of research out there about how uh, lots of social media use can really undermine a person's, you know, mental health and such and so making sure that you're promoting you know kind of digital maturity around around these things so well-being and you know and and also respecting people's privacy as, as well
0: I feel like that's a tricky one though because as a digital company let's say or you know most of them are driven by digital how do you do that without kind of just hurting yourself i mean you can how do you promote that how do you speak about that
1: you know, encouraging people to like, you know, take a break. I think that's, that's a really clear, a really clear thing. We all, especially since the pandemic has happened, we've all been sitting in front of tools like Riverside, like we are now or zoom or Google meet or whatever, you know, we're engaging with each other with this wall of pixels between us and stuff. And so, you know, making sure that there's time built into a schedule to take a walk around the block, to, you know, step away, to not have meetings, you know, because meetings are, are really about, you know, all, all digital all the time now. And so, you know, making sure that those kinds of things are are built into a daily schedule, that leadership checks in with people to see how they're doing. You know, I, I think in the digital agency world, it's really common to burn people out by asking them to work, you know, 90 hours a week. We don't do that at Mighty Bites. Like we're really, ma- you know, clear about work-life balance and making sure that there's, you know, a very clear schedule. And that comes with good project management, good team management, you know, that kind of thing. But make, but doing so, even though it might be kind of a, a few extra steps to make sure that we can appropriately manage stuff, we also are, are making people feel much better about the work that they do and, and the, the balance of their lives.
0: Okay. So it is a very internal thing. And I guess this is sometimes what I forget is that CDR is about the company itself, as well as how the company communicates with their customers. Right. It's not just communications. Exactly. Not just communications. Good point. Okay. So I will remember that as we go on through the rest of the principles, because I'm eager to know what else there is. Sure.
1: The next one is considering the economic and social impact of of their work. So, you know, a a reputational need to consider decisions that you make within an organization. So planning for sustainable and responsible automation. In other words, like there are a lot of tools out there that are, are automating the work that we do as marketers, as well as in operations and stuff. And so mm-hmm. how do you do that responsibly to upskill people and make sure that they have the training necessary to advance in their careers and, and not be replaced by robots or, or software and such. So that's one a- area. Um, I think another area is transparency around all of the work that you do and, and, and making sure making sure that you're communicating. This is a communications thing, communicating mm-hmm. to stakeholders in a, in a, a transparent manner, preferably with a verifiable third party so it's one thing to say internally hey we do all this stuff and we're great and and, and everything but at the end of the day any decision like that has, should should really be ver- verified by a third party hence b lab and the b corp community certifying b corps to say hey we're an independent you know, standards body to say, you are actually adhering to these standards. And, and, you know, there are organizations that have lost their B Corp certification, um, because they're not adhering to the standards, uh, that B lab sets forth. And that's just one example. There are other, lots of other certifications. You know, you can be fair trade certified if you're a product company, et cetera. I'm mm. um, just having a third party validator out there to say, yeah, the work that you're doing is actually real and true. And then I think that the the third principle or third part of of considering economic impact is sharing economic value like so you know just simple something as simple as profit sharing or making sure that the that you're paying a living wage and just making sure that stakeholders are part of the spoils, so to speak,
0: okay, so this one's pretty clear. I think this speaks to good business in in some ways as well so. Let's move through them because I have a lot of questions and I'll I just bombard lot, you with them like later. Said, <laughs> it's a
1: lot. It's a lot. The next one is on accelerating the impact economy. And so, you know, the kind okay. of global community of B Corps is building an impact economy where all of these things we've been talking about are, are part of how we operate and run business and digital plays a big role in that i mean there's you know sustainable production models coming out and circular economy models and stuff so you know investing in sustainability environmental uh, impact returns accelerating innovation and sustainable consumer behaviors you know trying to mm-hmm. trying to promote those those idea of of sustainable consumption and then using only if you're doing things like offsets using only verifiable offsets that are that are actually Promoting the the and in, in increasing the amount of renewable energy used out there, as opposed to uh, just un uh, you know unbundled RECs renewable energy credits, which that's a whole other content that we can go into and talk about. <laughs> I was going to say we'll, I'll, we I'll could talk about for this now. for another
0: forty minutes if we wanted to, right? I mean offsets. Okay, so but this one I feel like there might be some pushback on because everything else until now were like business principles and aligning them under some principles. I, I think this is a great idea, right? And just applying them to the digital landscape. But now you're talking about saying sustainability and doing things the right way and having an impact. Is there pushback on this? I mean, I don't know how much you've talked about these kind of principles to companies who aren't doing this, but how much do companies feel that it is their responsibility?
1: You know, that's, that's, that's always the, the million dollar question when it comes to sustainability, right? I mean, leadership who are not bought into these principles often push back because they're, they, they, they're still kind of beholden to that Milton Friedman, you know, kind of shareholder value, maximizing shareholder value and short term mm. gains. As I said earlier, the research has been done. It's out there. Like if you actually are focusing on these things, uh, you, you really become a better company for the long term a better community player, uh, you know, better, better, you know, for your employees, et cetera. And so the research has been done. It's been proven. There are lots of organizations that, that, uh, um, have shown that this can be, this can work and be done, you know, so while there is, might be pushback from more traditional organizations, I say, get it together. It's time we, time we create a collective good future. Cause right now the one we've got is not looking so great.
0: No, it isn't. Unfortunately. How many did we do? Six? Five? <laughs> I got two more, so five. Okay, we've so done we've five. done five. Great. So let <laughs> yep. me hear the next one.
1: Uh, and and it's getting it's really related. It's about creating a sustainable planet to live. So going beyond, you know, kind of carbon neutral claims and stuff like that, um, to to planet positive. So you're using digital products and services to create positive impact on people and planet. And so that. Can the, the immediate idea that comes to mind for that is thing, you know, Internet of Things, uh, sensor-based technology being able to to uh, you know reduce energy use and reduce uh, resource use and resource consumption and stuff like that. You know, obviously those resources or those those centers use energy themselves, which is the next principle. But the idea being that you know if you're reporting your business impact, um, if you're innovating and positively you know, kind of impacting society beyond just, you know, the, your kind of corporate boundary, then, you know, you have the, you're, you're able to create a, a much more uh, broad mission towards the future.
0: Okay. And then how does that tie in with the next principle where you're saying that you're addressing the energy part?
1: Yeah. So I think, and this is probably the the area where I, I personally, as I said, I worked with a bunch of researchers in, in Europe and, and, uh, on on this kind of stuff. and and I think the the last one, which is reduced tech impact on the climate and the environment, um, is really where I feel the most kind of comfortable in that you know, my company builds the internet for a living and we've been focused on digital sustainability for over a decade now. And that's really about creating efficient, lean, high performance, low carbon products and services that are digital.
0: but here it's a little bit of a thing. Do people even know that there is a carbon footprint? It's getting to there. tech.
1: I- I think you know when when we first became a B Corp in 2011 we would start talking about this idea of sustainable web design and people would just kind of glaze over we'd get the kind of pinwheel eyes and they would just be like I have no idea what you're talking about and and oftentimes we'd get the pushback we'd get at the time was well the web is green it replaces paper right and and the reality is that Every pixel that runs across the internet requires electricity to do that, and most of that electricity still comes from fossil fuels and such. So, you know, the idea of of, of reducing first and then, uh, you know, powering with renewable energy. So for us, we provide green hosting for our clients, so that when we when we house their websites, we know that that, that their websites are powered by renewable energy. We also offset the data transmission between. so we're able to actually say, okay, your website you know transferred this much data across the internet and we're actually going to to uh, offset that um, with verifiable offset so that, that you know not only is the um, is your your product or service lean or efficient on the front end, um, but it's also uh, kind of in the entire system as well.
0: How much does a website do damage to the environment? How much carbon does it emit? Like maybe a comparison if you know one offhand, where we can put something to yeah, it and understand that. I don't that.
1: have one. I don't have one offhand, but I can certainly look that up and get that to you. I think there's there's a number of there's there's so many of them out there actually that that I I, I, it's, I struggle to bring up the one that is like oh yeah <laughs> this is the thing, you know there have been been research on you know how much a Google search just one single Google search uh, costs in terms of carbon and how much electricity it uses. The reality is digital products and services in and of themselves, don't, you know, don't maybe use as much carbon as, as, you know, some other things like agriculture or, or transportation or, Mm -hmm. or something like that, that where the, the problem comes in is in the volume. You know, there are four to five billion users on, on the internet now. And so even if your, your individual website doesn't, doesn't get much, doesn't use much electricity or doesn't emit much carbon, if you've got, got a million viewers a year or a month or a day in some cases, you know, some high high volume, you know, sites get that much traffic and all of that requires electricity to run. And most of that is still powered by fossil fuels. So, you know, as say what you will about companies like Google, uh, they have Really led the charge in terms of powering their servers and their entire ecosystem with renewable energy. I, I would say that, that to me, that is a very impressive, impressive thing, and and something that you know any organization can do if they are just willing to roll their sleeves up and dig in a little deeper.
0: Yeah, no, it is definitely a good thing for Google to also lead that because it shows you know a big company doing that shows that it's possible. Then, Mike, you know, looking at these principles, the the way that they kind of came from this how to run a business, all the way you know through the internals down to how you can make an impact. Do you see people who are being introduced to this almost want to address them backwards? Because this is my inclination. I'm like, okay, if I start with seven and move my way up, I feel like it's a lot easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are, the seven principles are meant to be a guiding structure, but they're, you really kind of very first, any organization looking to go on this journey needs to start where they are right now. And so understanding, look at the seven principles, understand where the low hanging fruit are, and do that first and realize that it's kind of ongoing and iterative and, and something that's going to change your organization over time, but isn't going to happen overnight. And so figuring out what you can do now. And so if green hosting is the low hanging fruit that you can do by moving your website over to a green host, then by all means, do that first you know yeah. but think you know think more deeply about all of your other digital products and services and and you know kind of the role they play within your organization and if they're you know supporting you know equitable access and and kind of all the other things that we talked about great but most likely most organizations are going to look through that list and be like oh yeah we don't do that we don't do that either oh we don't really do that and they're going to you know realize that there's some heavy lists and there, and, and there's also some low hanging fruit that they can address. And so figuring out what that journey looks like is probably the first challenge.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The low hanging fruit approach is probably good. I just, you know, for me naturally, when you have one through seven, I start with one but maybe that's just me. Then my bigger question for CDR would be then, where do you envision this going? Or what is the goal for what you and your colleagues have kind of put together and where is it gonna go? What kind of impact will it have on us and as businesses?
1: I think long-term there needs to be governance around this stuff on a state and country level. You know, We're already seeing that with GDPR and in the United States, the California Consumer Protection Act for data privacy. You know, when in, in the United States we have the Americans with Disabilities Act, which was created, you know, a year before the first internet site went on online, and so it still to this day doesn't have really clear guidelines on what is legal and what is not legal for digital accessibility. Um, however, there are really good practices out there and so there's no reason for any organization not to have a you know web content accessibility guidelines level aa website out there you know i mean that's there's there's no excuse for that the practices are there the the terminologies there the, the the there's developers who focus on this stuff so i think those kinds of things are are just something any any organization can do it just needs to So you're the, really the trying will. to
0: Yeah, yeah, of course, you need to have the will, right? Otherwise, nothing happens. But is this essentially it's the guidance and you're just hoping that governance will sort of build on the CDR principle that you guys have come put together in a perfect world. in a Go perfect
1: ahead. world, the ADA, you know, includes digital accessibility and very clear guidelines around that. And it's not quite there yet, but, you know, we're getting there. And and I think of this similar similar with digital privacy in the United States. It started with California, but now there's like 30 to 40 different states that have different varying privacy legislations around data and stuff. And so I think we're going to see this stuff move really quickly. We've on the environmental side, we've seen the massive environmental impact of Bitcoin mining and, and blockchain and stuff. And so figuring out what green blockchain looks like and moving forward with that is a you know is a key thing. And then that's just one technology in in a you know, much larger internet. Ad tech is another one that's probably got an even larger footprint. You know. Yeah,
0: definitely. No, this is some really great work you guys have done. I'm gonna make sure to link to the corporate digital responsibility website for everyone so they can yep read this all in depth. Thank you very much, Tim.
1: There's also a manifesto that I'll share a link with you too, so that anyone can sign if they want to support it.
0: Oh, great. Okay. So I'll make sure things do that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Marketing Unfucked. All resources mentioned in today's show can be found in the show notes. Make sure you leave us a review or send me some feedback. See you in two weeks.